Hey Tall Skulls, Nick here. Sorry to have to do this again, but it's Omen's fault this time. So, there's that. So, Omen's recording was not up to wonderful standards, and he's got some feedback and some fuzz and some white noise. I've done my best to edit it out and put silence in where it, it's supposed to be, but there's always going to be a little bit of fuzz in his speech for this episode. So please bear with us. We're going to address it. We're going to make it better. You shouldn't have to listen to fuzz. We're better than that, and you deserve better. So thank you for sticking with us. Enjoy. Talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, reject intoxicants, steal from the best, and spill a drop of madness into the reservoir. Because it's time to talk tull to me. I'm Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me, a Maj Podge collage of <laughs> stories, songs, reminiscences, and feelings about the work of Jethro Tull throughout the ages. We have been reminiscing for over a year now. This is our fifth album, and we are... We're set in our tracks at this point. There's no stopping this train. We are... Charlie has broken off our handle and we're going strong. You know what I should have said? I should have said a Modge Podge Decollage Collage. Oh, no. That's just, that's just redundant. It's ma- Mod Mod Podge. I can't say my Gs. <laughs> I've never been able to say them. Uh, yeah, a little known fact about you, actually. Yeah. You Lufus... You orc. So, Nick. Yeah, Omen. We are in some some kind of liminal territory here, aren't we? Yep, yep, we are in the in-between. This is our jaunt into the... We're dipping our toes into living in the past. This song is actually the first track off of the second album because it's a two album set so a second is it a disc the second vinyl i guess yeah second vinyl it's the first track off of the a side of the second vinyl of living in the past yeah and for those of you who weren't paying attention to the end of our episode last week shameful well who who do you think you are <laughs> we are we're going to be talking tall to you about only the tracks off of Living on the Past, Living in the Past, which we have not previously covered in the other albums. Right. So, Nick, with that being said, what do we have the pleasure of talking tall about today? This week, we are going to talk tall about By Kind Permission of. Let's have a listen. Let us.
Okay. Wowza. That is 10 minute. That's a 10 minute roller coaster ride. For sure. Yeah. Now, Nick, why don't we start with some facts? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is that is important. So this song was recorded when exactly? Oh gosh, uh 71, 72. Do you have the actual information? I'm looking. Okay. I was I wasn't prepared. November 4th, 1970. Oh, 70, okay. Kind permission of uh, was recorded live along with Dharma for One. Uh-huh. At an anti-drug benefit at Carnegie Hall yep. on November 4th, 1970, during the tour for Benefit. Wow. Okay. And it's very funny that this was for a an anti-drug benefit. And we we know Tull's background. We know Ian Anderson's feelings about about drug usage and whatnot so it makes sense that they'd be there doesn't like it he's not terribly fond mm. but the the start the banter the starting banter of this song is yeah. ian saying that john was dropped on his head as a child right and they sometimes cut off his fingernails and smoke them yeah well and also that he can't open something that's just been given to him perhaps because it might have contraband in it. Oh, yeah. Hello, hang on a present. Be back with you in a minute. I better not open this now, because it might contain contraband. I'll give it to John, supplement his camels, right? He dropped on his head when he was very small. We occasionally cut his fingernails off and smoke them. But this is a, a song about, about everything. The laughter following these jokes is a a bit reserved, I would say. Right. It's not terribly <laughs> raucous. I'm not sure he's playing to the right crowd. It's just it's just an interesting glimpse into the kind of awkwardness that, that Ian has on stage. That's a great way of saying it, yeah. And it's it's almost as if he can't help but undermine anything that's institutional at all, even if it's something that he agrees with. <laughs> right, right. And he's doing something to benefit raising money for <laughs> right still, right right he's still gotta <laughs> right. like poke it a little bit i agree with your methods i agree with your philosophy but i'm gonna make you feel uncomfortable yep and by golly i'm gonna do it well yeah also worth noting john evan had literally just joined the band at this point oh yeah i mean he'd been playing with them for mere months he he was still in his probationary period at this point yeah yeah, they're like, keep those fingernails coming and maybe we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, you pay us in fingernails to be a part of Jethro Tull. Yikes. <laughs> so frightening. It puts the lotion in the basket. But, oh my. <laughs> now, Carnegie Hall is in my Car- fair city of Carnegie. New York. Oh. No. <laughs> Which is funny. I'm, I'm wondering, Nick, do you, how, how good a grasp of 20th century... American history do you have is this is this during the sort of war on drugs movement that was Nancy Reagan so that was 80s I believe okay so yeah. this was the this was the drugs on war in the in the 70s yeah maybe I don't know there was no war there was just drugs yep I suppose so it was the drugs on drugs movement is I think what it was I think that's what they called it 
It had yeah. a great ring. The advertising campaign just was really solid, for sure. And so unnecessary, too. <laughs> they, they sell themselves, guys. <laughs> they, they do. Yeah, so interesting. I mean, New York City during the 70s, this is when Times Square was where you went to get with a lady of the evening uh-huh. or see a, um, see a porn video. Yeah, that's, that was, those were your options. Or to buy a drug. A single. I'd like one drug, please. I'll have your finest drug. I'm here to inquire after some drug. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Right away, right away. It's a, a drug concierge. I'd like a heroin martini. <laughs> Shaken. And injected. Shaken and injected. No bubbles, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. So all that being <laughs> said, for some reason, let's uh, <laughs> we're not sure why. Let's talk about the let's talk about the piece. So there are no lyrics. This is a purely instrumental piece, mm-hmm. and this is perhaps unique thus far in our entire catalog of what we've covered. In that, the composition of this piece is not credited to Ian Anderson. Yeah. Yeah, I I really I really like this piece and I think we mentioned it in in the last episode where we're starting to really see John as a pianist. Yeah. And granted this was before the recording of Wind Up, but still it's it's nice to see that that he, he they he's a pianist for a reason. Like he's really good. He's really, yeah, really good. It's fun in this because he plays with several different styles. And this is obviously, I mean, to me, this is a piece that he has, that he created and that maybe he even brought to the table, maybe that he was working on before his tenure with Jeff Rotel. Oh, it's possible, sure. But it is really wonderful to hear his classical chops yeah. in, the first, in the first little bit. Yeah. That man can play a piano. Which is, fortunately, his job. That's on his business card. John Evan can play the piano. Why don't we have John Evan play the piano? Well, that's that's all he can do. The piano is, is, it's just, it's center stage. Every now and then we get a little flute toot in there. But for the most part, it's, it is a John Evan joint. The last minute of the 10 minute piece, the drums and... Martin Barr come in. Oh my, really? I didn't even notice that. Bunker and Barr come in just for a hot second, literally for, for 60 hot seconds. Wow. And the bass. Okay, Omen, who was on base at this point? On first base or second base? Glenn Cornick. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I didn't think we would be going back to the previous lineup, and so I deleted the previous lineup you from panicked, my mind. Yeah. I did panic. You heard it. 
but but as you say, this is ninety percent John Evan, the John Evan finger experience. Oh, <laughs> oh, mercy! <laughs> that was actually the first band name, and <laughs> <laughs> it was popular with with just John Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Concert for one. <laughs> So, Nick, this song, this piece is is somewhat maddening for me, I have to say. Is it really? It's, it's yeah, it, it, listening to it for the first time, I was agitated and uncomfortable with myself. Okay. Because there are clearly references to or phrases and themes taken from mm. lots of different Lots of different other composers, lots of different songs. Yep. It feels like there's a lot of winks in there. And I was not able to identify hardly any of them, which yeah. which which infuriated me. I feel I feel like a I feel like I've let you down. Omen, I yeah. was not expecting you to bear the brunt of this altogether. Okay. So I don't want you to feel that way. Great. Do you have a, a handle on the brunt? Do you have your brunt gloves on? I I prefer to go bareback with the brunt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I know it's not a traditional way to approach it, but... I think it's very traditional. You know, it's it's the way of my people, so... Yeah, yeah, you are the bear, the bear brunt, the bear brunters. <laughs> the only thing I was able to identify is, and I don't know this, I don't know the specific piece, but at a certain, at about the five minute mark, I think, he is. He plays a, a little riff from our friend, our friend who never comes out because he's highly antisocial. Claude Debussy. I love some Debussy. I, I genuinely do. Before we go any further, is this the first time you've heard this song? This is the first time I've heard this song. Well, okay. Ten minutes ago well, was the first yeah. time I've heard this, this piece. Yeah. That is all. We can end the podcast now. And goodbye. I am Omen Sade. <laughs> yeah, there, there, again, there, there are clearly winks. There are clearly an elbow to the ribs going, ah, ah, you see what I'm doing here? But I don't know any of them. Do you, Claude Debussy, what I've done? <laughs> He also, at the, at the very end, they throw in a little reference to Benefit. I think they reference several Jethro Tull songs very quickly back to back. have the little which is like from something previously one <laughs> one of the manic flute pieces from yeah. this was yeah. is that cats oh that's dharma yeah yeah dharma dharma for flute dharma flute flute flutey dharmas flute for one yep interesting however that 
Dharma, that there's a reference to Dharma there. And then also in this concert, they they play Dharma. Yeah. I wonder which one they played first. I guess they'd play Dharma second because they were just introduced. Oh, yeah. That's that's valid. Good context. Strange clues. opener. Did you say strange odor? I did not. <laughs> no, for once. I would. I said... I said strange opener, strange strange piece to begin with. Oh. Here's Jethro Tull, and now we will play a 10-minute segment that's pretty much just our pianist who just started with us. He doesn't intro it with that, you know? Here's the Beatles, and now Ringo Starr plays a 10-minute drum solo. Or, or just plays Octopus Garden. But just the drum part. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wrote Octopus Garden, so it's... Oh, did he? And he sings in it, yeah. He wrote all the oh. super weird ones, yeah. Oh, look at him. Good old Ringo. Good old Ringo. He got a, a scratch and sniff snicker. Scratch it. No, uh, he got a scratch uh, and sniff sticker for that song. Yeah. And this is Grape Job, and it's a bunch of grapes. <laughs> I love that sticker. <laughs> so did he. He still has it. <laughs> it's almost as good as Orange, you proud of your work? That sticker is so big, though, because it's really it's pretty verbose. So much text, yeah. <laughs> Which is good, because there's always a bit left to scratch and snip. That's true. There you go. When you need your fix. When you need your orange, your fake orange-scented sticker fix. Yeah. Speaking of Jethro Tull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys. What else is there to say about this song, Nick? I love this. I love the piano this is ostensibly this is the drum solo for Dharma for One, but it's on piano instead. It's just a it's it's a piano solo, but I can listen to this so much more than I can listen to a drum solo. Well, you know, the piano has notes, which is nice. But a drum has different drums. Yeah, but no one like there's no there's no drum concerti. Aren't there? No. <laughs> no. No, seriously, aren't there? <laughs> the great thing about the piano is that it's like it's like a whole orchestra. Yeah. That's why they invented it. It's it it has it has more than one note. That's why that's why Madame Piano decided to create it. You know what? I'm gonna I want, I'm stand by. I'm gonna look up who else played this concert. Oh, that's some good info. While you're doing that, I'll, I'll just, I'll read the rest of my notes. I like how sweeping the whole piece is. It's, and it's not always stable. He, he, he stops and he starts and he speeds up and he slows down. It, there's so much flavor and texture in it. I, even though it's a 10 minute song, I'm listening the whole way through for something like. Yeah, it's composed. It's composed in such a way that it keeps recaptivating the attention. Yeah. Yeah, for something going back to Aqualung, for something like Aqualung or Locomotive Breath or Wind Up, even though they're, they're shorter songs, I zone out after about halfway through on those songs. Right. But this one, this one is, is built more effectively, I suppose. And those spots when the flute comes in are really nice. And I really appreciate that. The flute is clearly there as 
a support instrument. And it's not Ian being like, all right, here I come. He's really taking the support role there. And he just, it's it's nice to hear that, probably for the only time in any Tall song. Yeah, it is really it is really unusual that he lets someone else have center stage, but he, but he, of course he doesn't do it without throwing some serious shade John Evans' way beforehand. Yeah, right. Oh, of course, of course. Just like when we heard the Martin Barr intro a couple of weeks ago for Mother Goose. I was Mother just thinking Goose. about that. Yep. Yeah. And the the last two notes I have is he refers to Ian refers to it as a song about everything yeah what do you think he means by that is that saying i didn't write this i don't know anything about this song like it or love it or or hate it i i don't it's not in my hands it it, it feels a little bit like he's washing his hands of it and making an excuse for it that being said also it may be like pulling in debussy and pulling in a couple of tall songs, you know, maybe that's the reference is that, that it has these different references and homages. So I'm trying to get some information on this concert and it looks like they played a full set. Oh, so it was just them. It wasn't like a benefit of like everybody comes in. I, I guess not. It looks like huh. they played Nothing Is Easy, My God. With You There to Help Me, by kind permission of, A Song for Jeffrey to Cry You a Song, Saucity, as an acoustic melody with reasons for waiting. Oh, I would love to hear that. Dharma for One, We Used to Know, Guitar Solo with a Full Band Instrumental Jam, mm. very mysterious, and For a Thousand Mothers. What's the, is there a specific name for this event? It says, Charity Concert in Aid of the Phoenix House Drug Rehabilitation Center. Huh. And this was in 70? 1970, November 4th. Huh. Well, I mean, as we we mentioned a couple of episodes ago, Ian, uh, apparently for the last 50 years, he's been doing charity concerts because he does it now for, for cathedrals. Right. So it's it's a way to it's a way to help support a cause without actually giving them money. You're giving them your time and they get to keep the money yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, also live at Carnegie Hall 1970 was later released as a full album. Is that this album? No, no, okay. no, no. It was okay. it was later released in 2015. That was released. All the songs that they played in this concert were released as an album. Okay, so that's this concert. Sorry, it's not the album. So this does exist as a legitimate album. So we can actually find it and go hear that guitar solo with the band in the back or the Saucity slash Reasons for Waiting acoustic or or piece, whatever you said it was. Now I think we have some tough decisions ahead of us, Nick. Are these these tracks that we're going to track down 
And are we going to track them down and put them in now because that's when they were recorded? Or are we going to wait until we are in the, the late 2000s when they were released? Oof. I don't think we're going to be doing... If the song exists on an, on an album, we're not going to do a live we're not version gonna redo of it. it. Yeah. Gotcha. But what about the mysterious guitar solo? Oh, I think we just all need to track that down and listen, and we'll all have that for ourselves. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> the only exception, I, I'm going to say, the only exception is next week is the version of Dharma for One that they did with lyrics. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes sense. And because that version of that song in this concert is so freaking good. Yeah. It's so good. Nick, yeah. let me ask you something. Yes. Have you ever performed or donated your time otherwise for charity? Yeah. I, wouldn't you say Casey's Cottage was, was a, a donation of our time? We didn't get paid for that. I would say that. And would you like to describe for everyone what Casey's Cottage was? I think you would... Do it much no, more no, no, no. than I No, would. no, I want to hear you do it. <laughs> tell them what we used to do, Nick. So Casey's... Oh, oh, I could tell them what we did. You tell them what the evening was. Casey's Cottage is a historical cottage in my hometown of Mexico, New York. It used to be the carriage house for a famous hotel on the lakeshore, which was very popular in the 1930s because and 20s because they had illegal booze there from alcohol during Prohibition. Later on, the cottage was turned into a, an incredible piece of art by, um, by a sculptor. And back when we were teenagers, there was an event held there called a Midsummer Night's Eve? Or a Midsummer's Eve? Something along those lines? Which was a... It was a medieval feast evening. And Nick and I were often the entertainment. The cottage itself is just is really gorgeous, really beautiful piece of piece of art. And this is this is where we became feckless momes, actually. It's true. We it's created true. feckless momes for this and another benefit, the arts in the park. Right. Where we would in the style, in the rough style of Commedia dell'arte put on shows we would we would be characters and we would we would generally take a shakespeare and turn it into a two-man what 15 20 minute show yeah or sometimes 30 second show 30 seconds with a lot of physical humor a lot of clowning a lot of slapping each other with wet handkerchiefs and masks we used masks Yep. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was some of the the best performance I've ever done, for sure. I had so much fun doing that stuff. And it was some of the only performance those people ever saw. True. Very true. People loved it. Yeah. People people really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that definitely counts. I once in college stripped at a charity event. It was actually for nuns. And they just wanted to get together and paint uh, a still life. And Omen busted in in his priest. Who ordered a pizza? (laughs) Who ordered this holy pizza? No, I don't really remember what the charity was for. I think it may have been um, one of our local student theater organizations. Uh huh. 
But I do remember thinking, wow, this is not as easy as those professional guys make it look. What, stripping? Yeah. It's an art form. It's not just taking off your clothes. It's dance. It's a, it's a very intensive dance. Yeah, and there's a lot of technique, a lot of artistry that goes into it, a lot of design, composition. And uh, I, was, I was woefully ill-prepared for all of that. You, you just thought, oh, I could do it. Yeah, I still yeah. made like 50 bucks. <laughs> I thought you, you, you did it for charity. I made 50 bucks for the charity. Oh, everything that you got out of it. I took out of my remaining piece of clothing and gave to the organizers of the event, yes. Okay. Okay. And um, they, aired, they aired it out and put it in their account. <laughs> they threw it in the dryer, hit it with an iron, and it was good, yeah. Spritzed it with a little, little bit of bleach. A little Febreze, a little bleach. bleach. <laughs> good to go. Speaking of Jethro Tull... Speaking of Jethro Tull... Nick, anything else to say about With Kind Permission of... I don't think so. I just, I think it's a really nice piece. It feels really... It feels Tull adjacent. I would agree. There there are elements of Tull, but for the most part, it feels like a unique entity on its own and i'm not that's not a bad thing it's it's really refreshing to hear to be honest absolutely yeah i am irked that i don't know all the references oh it is worth noting that ian at a very at one point in one of his interviews did say that john evan especially in the early days of being on the band was a bit more of a partier than the rest of them not Mm. not that it sounds like he was really that much of a partier but i think that some of that some of those digs against against him that may be where it's coming from sure okay that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense So, Nick, what are we listening to next week? So, next week is going to be the live with lyrics version of Dharma for One. How exciting. Yeah, very, very exciting. I'm very much looking forward to hearing hearing your reaction to this song, this version. I'm very excited to reacting to the lyrics for you. <laughs> because I'm nothing but a chimp to dance for you and entertain you. And I want peanuts, goddamn. <laughs> Until next week, I remain Omen Said. I give you permission to give us a review. Who who are you? By kind permission, Nick McGill grants you the opportunity to give us five stars and a review. We are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me.
Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, this is, uh, this is talk tell to me, and sometimes we, we take its, uh, we take the ends of its hair and mix it into a syringe and inject it into the corners of our eyeballs. Yep, our eyeballs are a proud member of the Feckless Moms radio network. Feckless Moms! Which we sometimes dry out and uh, put into a spoon, Ooh. hold it over a candle. Oh, yeah! And inject it up our bums. Oh, snap! We do that too. Oh, woo! It's the audio network.